Hey everybody, it's Christina Caramo and welcome to It's Solid Food. So today we're going to be talking about hell. That's right, you're probably going to laugh, but I'm going somewhere with this. The last 24 hours have been pretty crazy for me because I gave my testimony before our Michigan Senate regarding the fraud that I witnessed. Um, I witnessed more things. I I have a uh, an affidavit out there to discussing the multiple things I mentioned. And I talked about the adjudication table. I talked about the tabulators. I talked about all this different stuff. But that's not actually where I'm going with this today. I'm not. No. Why? Because I found something very interesting. Oftentimes when we think about hell, we think of child molesters and rapists and murderers and and, you know, people who torture animals, you know, we, uh, we think of the worst of the worst, not realizing that all of us are pretty much the worst to a certain extent and not all pretty much. Let me reject, re re retract the pretty much. We're all wretched sinners worthy of damnation. And it is only because of Jesus Christ, if we accept him as Lord and Savior, we don't have to suffer the fate and penalty of our sin. Now, many people have a trouble with that. They say, okay, I understand like a Jeffrey Dahmer, but not me. I'm not that bad. See, you're asking the wrong question. What makes you think that you're so good? Instead of the asking the question, why do I deserve hell? Ask, why do you deserve to go to heaven? Changes your perception a little bit. And that's what we're going to be talking. That's what we'll be talking about. I'm Christina Caramo, and now it's time for some solid food. And welcome to It's Solid Food, where we discuss all things in Christian apologetics, culture, and politics. So as I mentioned, today's show, we're going to be talking about hell and why the gospel makes sense. You know, and what brought me to this topic is, as I mentioned, um, some of you know that I was on Sean Hannity's show um, on Tuesday night and also Wednesday night. And people, um, you know, I've had just tons of hateful messages sent to me. Um, I've been in um, involved in politics for some time. Um, I've been a conservative since I was a teenager. I really, obviously, I've always been a conservative. I just didn't understand conservatives, begin to identify as a conservative until I was like a teenager. Um, but I've always had these perceptions to a certain extent, at least from a governmental sense. Um, but they've grown the older I've become. But um, nevertheless, I've had really awful, some really awful things said to me, even by even family members. Like, I actually have a cousin, the Holy Spirit has checked me that I've made an admission. Like, at our family reunion next year, I'm going to go confront him to his face and make a scene. Like, that's how disrespectful this man. He's like, disrespected my family. He disrespected my mom. I was really, really mad, right? Um, but the Holy Spirit said, no, we're not going to do that, Christina, because if it's not glorifying God, then I shouldn't be doing it. And confronting him, um, it's not glorifying God, so I'm not. Not, I'm not going to do that. Um, but nevertheless, um, I know I've had some really awful things said to me um, just for being a conservative. But what upset me the most are people calling me a liar, um, saying, you're just lying. How much are they paying you? I mean, I'm simply trying to tell you something. And what's, what's really kind of funny is Sean Hannity posted out commenting on the show how the, the media and the people who trust the media are just like, with the, the Ukrainian thing with President Trump, they're like, there's a whistleblower out there. Now, this whistleblower, quote unquote, um, was 
filing a complaint based on something that they heard, nothing they personally witnessed. And, and this person, these are career bureaucrats, right? Think about that. These are career bureaucrats. So here you have regular people, regular people who, and not, I mean, there's tons of people, regular people, you know, uh, uh, people who are doctors, people who are just, um, the people who are like therapists, people who are teachers, people who are engineers, people working auto, automotive, you know, all types of different people who are just like, they don't have any financial benefit. You know, some people might distrust me because I um, I have a podcast and I promote, kind of create content. So they think, oh, well, she's just saying this to promote herself. And so there's people who are going to accuse me of that. But what about all these other people? And I was there. People saw me there at the TCF Center. I was there 37 hours. I mean, I was there at the building. I mean, it's, it's it, you, you can verify that we had to sign in. We had to sign in to be at the TCF Center. Plus, I saw a couple of my relatives. I saw a guy who worked at the school district I grew up at. So I saw several people I personally knew. So it's not like it's up for debate or discussion. And besides, we had to sign in and out. And I made sure I put the accurate time that I came. So it's not a, up for debate whether or not I was there. And besides the fact, I'm not the only person making these claims. Like, it, it's not like I'm just by myself saying these things. There's tons and tons of people like, hey, you know, and like one of my friends pointed out, how is that all of our stories add up? And the Democrats and the media, their story they have a story. Somebody's lying. But we didn't have an opportunity to organize this. They did because they were they planned this from the beginning. And why am I saying, what does it have to do with hell? So let's move along. Let's 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 speed this story up a little bit. So nevertheless, I'm getting all these horrible messages of people wishing harm on me. Uh, people telling me I need to go burn in hell. Um, people telling me I need to be careful. They might come get me. You know, this is the kind of stuff. And so if we weren't telling the truth, why would people do all this stuff? It wouldn't make any sense. You know, like the uh, the the whistleblower from Dominion, Melissa Caron, who I've met several times. Um, she's testified before the Senate and the House. And she testified before our uh, U.S., I mean, our, US, our, our Michigan House, that she had to move. So this is the party of love and tolerance. And they accept and they're threatening to murder people and threatening to kill people's children. Um, I talked about it on my show, which I, I actually brought me to tears because um, I got the message from Monica Palmer, um, who Monica is someone I, I know personally. Um, I, I had messaged her before I was going to go on a local show to discuss this because um, I had her. I had gotten words that they had threatened to murder her, her daughter. Um, when I say they, I mean Democratic operatives had threatened to murder Monica's daughter if she didn't certify the elections in Wayne County. Why are people doing this? I mean, I have the, Monica sent, I'm not going to share the messages with you guys. Monica shared the messages with me. And and I nevertheless, I asked her before, um, would she be okay with um, me mentioning this publicly? Because I didn't want to disclose something that I, I had heard from somebody else about it. So I didn't want to disclose it publicly until I got word from her because that's very private, you know. Um, so while I was doing my show, she responded. I was interviewing uh, Shane Trejo. And and while we were talking, I saw my phone because I was going live on this other show, like right after I had recorded my podcast. So when I saw the message from Monica, I had to look right away. And so then she told me, yes, you can. And then she sent me the images of what these people were saying about her daughter. Um, they had actually sent a picture of a naked dead girl and a picture of her daughter threatening to murder her daughter if she didn't certify the votes. 
And, and these are the party of love and tolerance. And, and we're supposed to believe these people, right? These are the people who threaten to kill a child. We're supposed to believe them when they say nothing happened. Got it, right? <laughs> Instead of us who are Christians, who, who profess the gospel, who do not call for harm on anybody. So we're supposed to believe the people who want to murder a little kid. And, and, and we're supposed to believe them, but not trust the people who profess the name of Christ. Who And not all of the people are uh, telling their stories are Christian. And so let, let me let me clarify. I, I am um, I know many of them are, but all the different people who are going for, I don't, I don't know what their religious beliefs are. I know Monica is a Christian, but my, my point is that all of us were telling you this stuff is going on and, and no, nobody's, you're, we're a bunch of liars, but the ones who would have threatened to kill our families. Okay. These are the folks we're going to trust. I mean, is that even, did that even make sense to you? Why would they threaten people? You know, I, I haven't gotten any direct death threats per se, more so we go, they're going to get you, that kind of stuff, go to hell, they're going to get you and all this, you know, that kind of stuff. But I've never had anybody directly say, I'm going to come murder you, you know, and I praise God for that. And if anyone wants to threaten me, you know what, the king of the universe is on my side. So, I mean, the one who made heaven and earth is on my side. So, like, what are you going to do? You, you, I mean, come on, I'm, I'm going to pray for you and, I, and I, I pray for your salvation because um, that's what Jesus wants me to do. Um, but, like... Uh, nobody's worried about those types. I, I, I should say nobody. I'm not. But my point is, is that think about all this general unpleasantness. Now, why am I telling you all this? Where does it have to do with hell? Would you want to spend, spend eternity with those types of people? Would you want to spend eternity with people who threaten to kill children, who um, are wishing people go to hell, who are threatening, threatening harassing, not like I said, more harassing messages. She said, I'm going to harass you because I don't like your opinion. I want to harass you because you're a Trump supporter. I just think you're a liar. I just think you're this. And the reason why is just generally miserable and unpleasant people. So let's forget the election. Let's forget Trump. Let's forget politics. Throw it out the window. Throw it. I wish I had a little a trash. Uh, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Sound effects to get the point, right? So let's not say it. You know, some of you guys don't like to listen to people's statements in context. You like to hear part of a person's statement and, and conclude the rest without hearing it. So let's throw politics aside. I'm talking about the general unpleasantness, the, the disrespect, the threats, the harassment that has happened, right? And so you have people out here like that who if you don't comply, if you don't go along with what they want you to do, they want to threaten and intimidate you. Now, would you want to spend eternity with those people? Would it be heaven with these types of people who just want to be mean and nasty and spend derogatory comments? You know, people sending me messages calling me fat and ugly and all this kind of stuff like that. Now, is that something God wants for us? Okay, you don't like, I don't like your politics, so I'm going to send you messages and say you fat and ugly and stuff like that. Um, again, I, I don't care about stuff like that. But my, but my point is, is that a kind of person you would want to spend eternity with? Would you really want to spend eternity with people who behave that way? You're going to say absolutely not. Because, see, when we think of heaven, that's why I said my, my question. I'm flipping the question a little bit. Oftentimes we talk about, well, why should I have to go to hell? Why, why would you deserve to be in heaven? And I, and I even thought about this topic for the podcast today because I was listening to all these messages and, and listening to all these messages, people writing me these, like, these really nasty comments. And it just kind of break, came into my mind thinking about, you know, who would want to spend eternity with people like this? Nobody. Because see, when you, and again, forget politics, forget Trump, forget the election, forget Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green Party, whatever party you're affiliated with, I'm non-affiliated, independent. Let's, I'm not even going to talk about politics again for the rest of the episode. That was just, I was, that was bleeding me up to my point. I'm not even going to mention politics for the rest of the episode. 
because I want to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ because ultimately I'm here to glorify God, not myself, not anybody else, not a party. I'm here to glorify God. Uh, the, the ways I do that are just different. Um, not I say different, not from other people, but just the ways we do it, shall I say, are all very different. So I'm not even going to talk about politics in the rest of the episode. Because my point is that we often ask this question of what did I do to deserve hell? But you're not asking what did you do to deserve heaven? And that and that's, that's the, the thing. You know, when we think about heaven, heaven is not just a place. It, when I say it is a place, but it's also, it's also what comes along with the place. Let's think about an amusement park, right? So an amusement park in the title, like amusement, fun, joy, happiness, right? So when we think of an amusement park, we think of roller coasters and merry-go-rounds and all these things, excuse me, come to our mind and we think of joy and happiness, right? So with heaven, there's something that comes to our mind, bliss, peace, joy, you know? So in heaven, when somebody, if, if somebody does, would you want to, let me back up. When you think of heaven, do you think of a place that if somebody says or does something you don't like, you want to kill them or want them to go burn in hell or want something bad, want their families to die, threaten to kill their kids because they did something you don't like? Does that sound like heaven to you? That sounds like a really, really terrible place, right? And so it really makes sense that the only people who go to heaven are those who've been transformed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, one of the things we, we talk about, you know, and not to get too much into like to doctrine, we talk about human depravity, you know? But humans are depraved. We are, including myself. And that's the thing about being a Christian. I always tell people the life of a Christian isn't one of perfection, but one of repentance. It's not because I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm such a good person. Uh, you know, no, that's not accurate, folks. As a matter of fact, as a Christian, the life is that of repentance. It's because we still have our flesh. We still have the same temptation, not the same, but we still are tempted, shall I say, just like everybody else. We still stumble, just like everybody else. It doesn't matter, Christian or not, you're going to be tempted, you're going to stumble. But the Christian life is one of repentance because you align yourself with the Holy Spirit. You, uh, When the Holy Spirit checks you, you repent. When you've done something wrong, you repent and you strive. See, repentance isn't just saying, sorry, God. And that's one of the problems in our culture. One of the problems in our culture, a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm a Christian. So I could just do anything and I could do whatever I want. God doesn't care. I, you know, I, once I was out with some friends. And this woman there was talking about all this really wild stuff that she does, like her personal life. It was just really crazy. And I'm just like, ooh, okay. And she just talked about really crazy stuff, like really sort of stuff about her sex life. It was really bizarre. And she was not my friend. A friend of a friend, by the way. BT dubs. Um, but nevertheless, uh, she was telling all this stuff. And then after that, she started talking about her prayer closet. And I'm like, and, and, and I didn't say anything. I know my face told the story because I couldn't tell it with my mouth. I'm just like, and then she says after that, oh, well, God knows that I'm crazy. That's why I like, you know, I got to pray and go to church. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you're not a Christian doing that. You're not. You're not. A, the, my, my point is we never challenge people on when they say they are Christian. Are you really? You know, some people are like, uh, like what we call Republicans and name only rhinos. We call, we should start, start calling people Chinos, like Christian in name only. Like, you're not really a Christian. You're not because I'm going to tell you why. If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. See, people like the Savior part. They don't like the Lord component. Like, oh, yeah, I got a Savior so I can go do anything I want. They love the Savior part. But the Lord part, oh, no, can't do that. You know, and that's what I think 
the Christian life is that's the struggle. The struggle isn't the savior part. The struggle is the Lord part. And even myself, I've talked about it on the show. My, my, one of the things I've had to overcome, like some of the entertainment, some of the places I hung out at, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit had to say, really, Christy, you really, you really think it's okay to go there? I'm like, oh God, you're right. Sorry, I shouldn't go there. Oh, yes, like, sorry, Lord. You know, I should be entertained by that. You know what I'm saying? So, and those are little things we don't think about, but it gets into your spirit, the places you go, the people you're around, the things you watch for fun. That stuff impacts your worldview and what you become comfortable with. And so the Holy Spirit had to check me about some of those things in my life, but not, not necessarily the people I were hanging around, but some of the places I would go and some of the things I would watch on television for entertainment were just not appropriate as a Christian. One of the things I used to love was horror movies. I used to be a total horror movie fanatic. Like I love, that was my absolute favorite genre of movies horror movies but you know now like i will like watch like a monster movie those don't bother me but like like demon possession and and movies with witches and stuff i, I stay away from that because that's not that's not good for a christian to sit and watch movies about people being possessed by demons and the devil coming for people i mean that stuff isn't really healthy and i know there's total conversation for people to have about what's where's where do we draw the line you know and that can be tough sometimes but the holy spirit is the one who draws the line the Holy Spirit is one who we lean to to help us in those gray areas where we're not really sure. Like, well, is this okay, God? You know, I watch a movie about the blob. Okay, that's technically classified as a horror movie. Or I could watch a movie that has actual incantations in it. Well, the blob, or about a blob of killing people, okay? That's one thing. Or a movie about where they actually are using real spells and real incantations. Those are two completely different things. So the Holy Spirit will show and lead you to which to what's okay and what's not okay. And you guys get my point. So where I'm going with this is that the life of a Christian is one of of submission to the Holy to the Holy Spirit, prodding the noddings of us on what to do and what not to do. And so when you become a Christian. That means that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what that word Christian means. It doesn't mean that I just believe in Jesus. I mean, I follow. The word Christian doesn't mean believer in Jesus. It means follower of Jesus. So you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Christ means anointed one, not his last name. Little theology joke. Not funny. Maybe funny. But just saying. Okay? So that's what that means. That means I am a follower of Jesus Christ. That's it. And so... One of the things is that you have to understand when we give our life to Christ, the Holy Spirit, we accept the penalty of, we accept that Jesus died and took the penalty for our sin. And when you think about the gospel, it, it, it makes logical sense. And let me get back to heaven really quick. What would heaven be like if all these just generally unsufferable people were there? It would not be heaven. It would not be peaceable. It would be terrible. And then we wouldn't have to just deal with the miserable people who we deal with now. We would have to deal with all of the miserable people from humanity. Thousands and thousands of years of humanity. We would have to deal with all the miserable people who have existed for the last several thousands of thousands of years. Does that sound like heaven to you? I would argue no, and I'm sure you all would agree with me as well. So it only is logical that the individuals who are absolutely miserable would be removed and would not be allowed into this blissful place. So what is the criteria then? How do we determine who's a miserable person and who's a pleasant person? It's not by your words, not by your actions. It's not by your goodness. It's because of his goodness. See, what you have to understand that Jesus, there's two things you need to understand about salvation. There's 
the the penalty for your sin, and then there's the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. It's really important to understand. See, Jesus died to take the penalty for your sins. And that's really important to understand. See, God is perfectly just. God's characteristics do not, they you cannot compartmentalize. Like you think of a Lego piece, right? Like a Lego and you take this piece and this piece and put it back together, right? There's parts. God is not a composite being. God is not composite. So he's all things, all goodness, all the time, all of it. Like he's the, per, he's, his justice is perfect. His justice is totally perfect. So since God's justice is perfect justice, he's going to have to deal with everything that you do, everything that I do. And that means that we have to pay punishment. And some people go, well, eternal damnation is rather extreme. Well, twofold. God, is, you've sinned against an infinitely holy being. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. If I commit fraud, right, bank fraud, or let's say um, I commit, I don't know, I, I plan a robbery, all right? So it takes time to execute the robbery, okay? So I go plan a robbery. I go, I'm going to go rob the corner store or whatever. Um, so I go rob, I go plan a robbery the corner store, and I stick up the clerk, and I take the money and grab some soda, okay? Um, let's say I go and shoot somebody. Let's say I go to the store and just walk into place and just shoot a person, bam. What determines the extent of my crime? Is it how long it took for me to commit the crime or the gravity of the offense? It's the gravity of the offense. So when you sin against an infinitely holy God, when you sin against an infinitely holy God, you're going to get an infinite more punishment. And I don't think people fully understand the gravity of sinning against God. So as I shared on the show, um, and I'm not one to share much about my personal life, but I feel that like it's pertinent and I think it will help make the point. I am divorced and I was really, really angry at my ex-husband. I was just consumed with extreme anger and just rage towards him. And then one day, God said to me, is a grieving you worse than a grieving me? And that moment, I began to forgive this man like never before. And the reason why that was so significant is that I was so mad and I don't get into any details regarding that, but I was so upset with him and what had transpired. And I was so mad, I just couldn't forgive. But yet, I expect God to forgive me. And which is worse? Is wronging me worse or wronging God? And so when you put it in that perspective, that wronging God is significantly worse than wronging any human being could ever possibly be. Then who am I not to forgive him? But then who am I for him to forgive me? You see what I mean? Who am I for him to forgive me? And since I can't do anything to earn his forgiveness, Jesus, the son, the second one of the Trinity, God is father, son, and Holy Spirit, three persons, one what? Um, I know that may be confusing for some people, but that's kind of a, a simple way of explaining the Trinity. They're like, well, you guys are you guys are uh, polytheists. No, God is one. It's not three gods. God is one, but three persons, uh, three who's and one what. Hope that makes sense. But nevertheless, only God can uh, only only God can satisfy the justice because we can't. 
So the son took on a human nature so he could die. Because see, God can't die. God, God can't die. So since God can't die, he took on a human nature. And so the man Jesus died for your sins. And since he's a perfect man, he's a perfect sacrifice. And so Jesus took the pain. He took the penalty for your sin. So you wouldn't have to pay for it. But you have to accept that sacrifice. You have to accept that I am a sinner worthy of hell and that Jesus died. That way I wouldn't have to take that. Take that pain, take that punishment. And so when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you are the regeneration of the Holy Spirit begins. The Holy Spirit changes your nature. Think about it. What possible thing could happen to us that make us worthy of dwelling in heaven? So it's easy to cheer on people that we don't like, but we don't look at ourselves. I'm not worthy of heaven. I've done wrong in my life. I've wronged other people. I've done things I wasn't supposed to. I have. I'm not perfect. Who's perfect? Nobody's perfect. But God, God's the only one that's perfect here. And since God is the only one that's perfect here, all of us are worthy of damnation. None of us are worthy of heaven. And then two, so we talked about the satisfying God's justice or satisfying God's wrath, excuse me. <clears throat> but uh, with that being said, what, what makes me think that I'm going to be better in heaven? So something supernatural has to occur. And that's the regeneration and transformation by the Holy Spirit. You, you see what I'm saying? So we have to have something new. We have to we become a new creation in Christ. That's why it's called being born again. Read John 3. Because a lot of times we talk about John 3, 16. Read all of John 3. That's Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus. When we read John 3, we see that we are totally born again. That's what we call it being born again. We are a new creation in Christ. So then at that point, not because of him, but because of Christ, am I worthy to go to heaven? Only because of Jesus. And folks, with that being said, a lot of people still, I don't like this business of hell. That, again, you're, you're asking the wrong question. What makes you think you deserve to go to heaven? That's the question you need to be asking yourself. Because when you ask yourself that question, then you go, yes. I've done this, 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 and this, and this. And that's what people need to understand. So it's only fair that the people who reject God, who reject his offer of transformation, will not be welcome in this wonderful place that he has for all of his saints, his followers. You're not welcome there. So you could just spend eternity separated from him. You either can choose to follow God and be a part of God's family, or you can choose to be separated from him. The choice is yours. Not just choose to be separated from him, but you can choose to take the penalty for your sin. So it's completely fair. You, you, you have a choice in the matter. You have a choice in the matter. And that's the thing. A lot of people feel like it's just not fair, but one time I gave a, a presentation about hell. And, and I, you know, I, you guys, I'm a pretty humorous person, if you know, maybe you don't know. But I, I, I liken this to zombie apocalypse. And I and I said, okay, let's hypothetically say there's a zombie apocalypse. And you've built this fortress that's like 100% zombie proof. No way zombies come in. 
And there's members in there inside of this compound field who are just rebellious. They're terrible acting. They're just, they're just generally unpleasant. You know, we don't even have to go to the, the, to the uh, extreme of like they're um, animal torturers and baby killers. We don't have to like go that far, right? Because those are like the worst of the worst of humanity, right? We don't have to even go that far. This is generally unpleasant, obnoxious, harass people, stir up strife, steal people's stuff. They just bad they, they, the gossip start arguments they just cause trouble and, and it just makes them they're constantly stirring up conflict and people are like man we want them to leave right and let's say you have these rules set forget forget all. let's say you have these rules set and and they just constantly are breaking the rules and you explain to them like listen here are the rules um in order to stay here you've got to change because you're making it unpleasant you're making it unsafe you're doing all these things and it's just really becoming a problem and they say, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to change. And you explain in the rules, like, listen, here are the rules. In order to stay here, this is what you have to do. And I don't want you to leave. We're trying to make this a safe and peaceful environment for everybody. And they go, no, I'm not going to change. I'm going to do it anyway. You tell them multiple times. And they just keep on and keep on and keep on. At that point, whose fault is it that they got thrown out there with the zombies? It's their fault, Right. So I'm using this as an analogy to point to the fact of it's our fault if we don't spend eternity with God. He's given us a way in. And people have to stop seeing themselves as so good. You're not good. You're terrible. I'm here to tell you. I don't know you. Guess what? You're terrible. Why? Because you're a human being just like me. Terrible too. But not anymore. I used to be terrible. But all my goodness is because of Jesus Christ. And since God is perfectly just, and you sinned against an infinitely holy God, it is only just that you paid the penalty for that infinite sin. God doesn't operate in linear time. And I think that's something really important that you guys need to operate. See, you say, well, I sinned against an infinitely holy God. Yes, God operates outside of literal, uh, linear time. You're bound to linear time. So we see things in a very minor we see things in a way it's like we we see like the 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 beginning and the end of the act and that's that's it because we live in linear time god operates outside of linear time he's not in linear time so sinning against him is 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 it's on a whole different level that i or you or none of us can he's god and you and so you can't do that and so it's only fair for us to pay for our sin he wouldn't be just if he let it go. He wouldn't be. And so therefore, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, so many of us, we live for today. We live for now. We live, especially in America. If you live in America or the Western world, we are such pleasure lovers anyway. It's not just us, but I just think because um, like in America, we're a wealthy nation, um, we struggle, we have different struggles. All human beings across the planet, across planet Earth have an issue with being a pleasure lover to a certain extent. But what I'm saying is we've taken this like Epicurean view to life, you know, where the only thing that matters is pleasure. And as long as I'm being pleased, that's the, that's the highest moral achievement, you know? And with that being said, with that being said, you know, it, it it makes me it, it makes me really sad to see people not thinking about death. Like myself, I'm a particular age. 
Um, in my thirties, I'm I I do need to lose some weight. I ain't gonna lie about that. But other than that, I'm a healthy limit person, right? I like to eat too much. Love exercising. I love exercising. Ooh, I like food. Problem. But um, nevertheless, um, I could die right now. I could. I, you know, one of my favorite radio hosts, Christian apologist Bob Duco. Um, his daughter, 17, died in arms. So she had like a, a, just her heart, just like malfunction. It was just like some like freak disease or not even a disease. It's like something with her heart. I forgot what happened. 17 years old, just died in his, died in his arms. He was, she was just talking and she was like that. I think if I, you have to hear him tell the story because <clears throat> I, of course, can't recount, recount the tale, like not tell, but the, recount the story like he can. But, um, when he tells the story, he's like, she just like that. I don't feel good. It's just like, those arms just died. 17 years old. Many of us can die. But we live like we're immortal. Like one day you're never going to die. You can just do anything now. When you die, oh well. Oh well, hell. That's going to happen. You're going to have Jesus. If you're not Jesus, you're your Lord and Savior. And we have to stop as Christians. And I've been critical of the church. So I feel like people are hiding away from that truth of the gospel. They're running from it. Like run, run. We don't want to, we just want to talk about how Jesus is going to set you free from your financial problems. Like, wait a minute. Jesus didn't come to set you free from your financial problems. He died so you wouldn't go to hell. That's what he came for. That's what he came for. Any blessings you get are to glorify him, not yourself. Not yourself. And so we have to start talking to people about this. We can't hide from this subject i know it's uncomfortable nobody likes the thought of people going to hell I mean, who, who likes that who likes the thought of people going to hell that that sounds terrible it is terrible but guess what they have a choice not to go there it's not a comfortable subject people love to hear how your problems are going to stop of course i love that message but you need to hear the message of salvation because at the end of the day folks that all that really matters you know, you hear about people who have these near-death experiences and all this kind of stuff, or, you know, you're in an accident or something horrible happens, and they're like, my life flashed before my eyes. I was talking to someone recently, and they were talking about an accident they had where they could have died, and he was like, my life like flashed before my eyes. His life literally flashed before his eyes. And um, that's what we think about. And then we begin to think about my life, where it's going. Like, why do we recount our life? It's almost like we're being prepared for judgment. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not basing that on scripture. God didn't tell me that. I'm just, it just popped in my mind. It's not, maybe we're preparing for our fate before our life flashed before our eyes. It's almost like a court case, you know, we show all the evidence. You know, I don't know. I praise the Lord. I've never had that where my life flashed, a life flashed before my eyes experience, but um, I just know it just popped in my head. But the thing about it is, is that, you know, we live as though we're never going to die, you know, and that just isn't true. And we have to tell people because time is short. Time is short. I never, I, I, I didn't until my last birthday, I didn't begin to contemplate my age. I didn't. To my most recent birthday, I was like, ooh, oh, okay, I'm getting up there. 
you know, and and I hope anybody take offense of that. Like, you're not my age yet. No, I'm not. But one day I will be, God willing. Okay? But my point is, is that all of us are going to die. All of us, unless we die younger, we're going to get older, and we're going to go ahead and kick that bucket. I wonder where that term came from, kicking the bucket. That's going to happen to all of us, every last person. And what happened in this world doesn't even matter. I really won't. Not to you. It may matter to other people. Your work may matter to those that lie. But once you die, the only thing that's going to matter is how obedient you were to God. That's it. That's it. And I just want to take this opportunity, this episode, to tell you to follow Jesus Christ. Yes, it's true. Following Jesus transforms your life. Yes, it's true. I get so much more, get so much more peace in my life. Yes, there's been time that God has blessed me and come through for me in, in, in tight situations that looked impossible. That all, that all, that all that is very, very true. It is very true. Um, I know of miracles that have happened, healings that have happened to people. I think of a very, very good friend of mine. Very good friend of mine. Uh, she was dying, literally, like. Um, we work together. Actually, I, one of the things I did actually work for her, but she hates when I say that. She's like, don't, don't, don't say that, Christina. Don't, don't say that. You know, it's so funny. But um, she came to a company meeting and she stood up there and told us, like, um, I'm about to die. And she started telling us that she was dying. And we were like, what? You know, and this is all before me and her became very good friends. And I remember her telling us, like, okay. And so then I know it sounds kind of bad. Um. But then as time and months went past, I just was like waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, because she got like super skinny. She got like, because she's not a big woman. anyway. She's not like too small now, but she's like a health, she's like a, a very uh, a healthy size. Like, I mean, she's not overweight or anything like that. She's a, she's a very slim woman, but my point is she's like, like super skinny like that. But at that time she had gotten extremely skinny. Like she's got, she looked, she was dying. And, um, to make a long story short, she had told us that, you know, what was going on. And I was kind of waiting for the shoe to drop. And as like a month or a month, like two, three months went by, I'm like, she's still alive. Like, what's a good thing? You know, I was kind of surprised because I, I I didn't, you know, it was great because she was looking really bad because she was, she was dying. And then eventually she started to look different. She then I was seeing her time for gas. She started picking up weight. She, her skin was glowing. Like she was looking better. And, um, God had healed her. God had healed her. And her doctors were totally amazed because they were like, you're dying and we don't know why. Her liver was shutting down. Her liver was shutting down. And um, the Lord saved her and rescued her. And she's such a phenomenal woman. I call her anytime for advice about the Lord, just about, you know, about, about how to be a better ambassador to Christ, how to you know, walk in my own Christian life better. And just, she's just a fun person. She, we just have a lot of fun together. But my point is, is that that's a person I know personally who, um, who the Lord spared. And I can think of one time I was driving in a car and, uh, I had an older car at the time. It was a few years ago. I had an older car and like all of a sudden I was on the freeway and this car in front of me just stops, like stop rapidly. Right. And so I'm like, I have to avoid the car. So I jumped the lane. 
And then right in front of me, I can't remember the barricade first or like the steel, like that steel, so like a concrete wall. And I remember which one came first. It was one of those two barriers. I, I encountered both barriers in this incident. I don't recall which one came first. And then I saw that barrier and I had to jump the lane. And then it was another car that had to jump back and it was another barrier that jumped back. And, and this happened like three times with me, like, boop, 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 boop. and in that moment, something, I don't know if it's an angel, I'm sure it was an angel um, with, with the Lord's help, but nevertheless, took over my arms. Now I didn't see any type of any I didn't see anything, but I was not driving. It was not me. My arms were just like like a, like a like something from the it was like fast and furious. And I was just like and I'm like, oh my God, like that was not me controlling my arms. Why am I telling you this? Yes, there's times where God has healed people, given people financial breakthroughs. Um I've heard a case where people are like, I lost my one job and I got a new job and they're paying me double. You know, that's God does that. Um, saving people's lives, healing families, healing broken hearts, giving you peace and comfort and grief and loss. God does all those things. So I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm not saying don't petition the Lord for those things. I do. I sure do. I sure do. But that isn't why Jesus came. That isn't why. That's something God does. For his glory, your benefit. Remember that. His glory, your benefit. That is why Jesus came. He came to die for your sin. And all of us are going to have to stand before God and give an account for our life. What will yours be? All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to It's Solid Food. I'm Christina Caramo, and I thank you so much. You can check out my website. It's getting better. One day at a time. ChristinaCaramo.com. Also, you can check my, my Facebook, The Christina Caramo Project, YouTube, The Christina Caramo Project, Instagram at Caramo, the GR is the number eight. And I've been working on my Twitter a little bit. You know, I've had Twitter for a long time. I just, I'm like, I struggle with Twitter, but it's called Rise Phoenix Fly. Just thought I would throw that out there. So God bless you all. And remember, remember, remember to be brave and bold because the gospel of Jesus Christ must be told. Toodles.